From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. The politics are probably more interesting this week. The Democrats are still trying to get a build back smaller through. Um, so maybe we'll get some headlines there. I mentioned the gas tax holiday certainly could help take a little bit of pressure off of consumers paying a lot at the pump. You might get you know some news on uh, the Biden administration relaxing Chinese tariffs. So just trying to bring inflation down any way they can. These aren't going to fix the problem, but they could make a little bit of, uh, of difference uh, in aggregate. Morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest LPL Market Signals podcast with Ryan and Jeff. Jeff, I'm on location here. Had a little curveball. We went up to the mountains. By the mountains, I mean like the Boone Blowing Rock area up in North Carolina. We had so much fun. We stayed an extra day. And as people can see on the YouTube channel, I have no work clothes at all. So I'm just wearing my Blowing Rock shirt. I'm sitting out on my balcony. And you can see there he is, Walter. I've talked about Walter. He looks like a mascot for this podcast. He's behind me, the 140-pound Great Pyrenees. I can almost guarantee you he's going to bark during this podcast. I'll have to run up and yell out and be quiet. But he's out here on the porch with me. Jeff, my, I look a little more relaxed than you do today. How are you doing? I, I did ditch the, the jacket, so I can look a little more relaxed. But, uh, yeah, the, the home office is definitely uh, not as nice uh, to, to look at as your backdrop there. But uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, hope you uh, had a nice Father's Day. Nice long yeah. weekend. Yeah, extra long. Like I said, stayed an extra day. It's like a hundred, it was 102 in Charlotte, I think on Wednesday or Thursday. It doesn't matter. It's one of those days. And you come come up here to the mountains and it's like 55 in the evening and freezing, which is very, very nice. But Jeff, there's clearly a lot to talk about. So we're just going to dive right in. Um, you know, we titled this one, What Could End the Bear Market, right? I mean, we're in a bear market. We've talked about this for many weeks now. What are some of the key things we want to see? We're going to end with that discussion. We're going to start things off with talking about the Fed. Fed, did they rock the boat? Are they behind the curve? All those things. We had the Fed decision. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then the economy is slowing. I and mean, there are some signs the economy is slowing probably quicker than what most people expected just this time a month ago. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what we're seeing on the economic front. So again, Jeff, first things first, Jerome Powell and the Fed hiked rates 75 basis points, pretty much expected uh, until we came in the next day. <laughs> <laughs> the market was hit hard again. What, what's your take on kind of what the Fed is doing, what we're seeing, and just, just how it all fits together? Yeah, when, when they initially announced the 75 basis point hike, or when the leak first happened, and we knew it yeah. was coming, I thought that was a positive development because it, it gives the Fed a little bit more credibility. They've lost credibility. I think we you know, generally can agree that they haven't handled this well. Janet Yellen admitted as much. But um, that, uh, you know, what I thought would be a generally positive reaction to the tougher move, um, at, yeah, it was as you said, was really short-lasting. And the market transitioned from uh, worried about whether the Fed will be behind the curve to worried about whether the Fed will go too far and cause a recession. And that, you know, that hole that you thread that needle through is certainly getting smaller. And uh, you're seeing economists all over Wall Street increasing their odds of recession over the next year or two. No, absolutely. You know, just kind of some highlights, or maybe we'll call them lowlights. Uh, the Fed lowered their GDP forecast, increased their um, overall expectations for inflation. Um, let's see, this is the first 75 basis point hike since late November 1994. That's important because, yeah, it's the last time it happened. But back then, the Fed upset the apple cart, as they say, because two weeks later, Orange County in California went under one of the largest bankruptcies ever. They didn't see that 75 basis point hike. That's what we talked about a week ago on this podcast when the Fed kind of sent out the trial balloon to the Wall Street Journal, let everybody know this was coming. Again, I mean, I guess that's my question, Jeff. I'm just kind of ranting here. But I mean, it wasn't all that great what the Fed had to say about the economy and inflation. There's still some concerns. 
Do you think there could be an Orange County out there? Because let's be honest, six months ago, nobody, I think it was like one or two rate hikes were expected. Now we're looking at well into the double digits this year in all likelihood. Could there be someone that's caught offside and have another big blow up like we've seen at some other previous times with uh, stress from the Fed? Well, it's always possible, but you know, this has been um, so widely discussed, right? It's sort of the most anticipated Fed rate hike cycle of all time, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, could somebody be caught offside? Sure. I mean, we've already seen some small hedge funds run into trouble. Um, that, that could happen, but um, the size of an Orange County, something like that, probably not. I think we'd see it more in credit spreads if there was a real concern, widespread concern about a major institution failing. Now, a smaller institution running into trouble, we obviously don't want that to happen, mm -hmm. but that could be an important you know, milestone in working through this bottoming process, right? We've talked a lot about what we need to bottom, and uh, we'll get more to that here in a little bit, but certainly some you know, institutions running into a little bit of trouble and seeing some forced selling, that is you know, a positive development as you know, hard as it is maybe to, to stomach, it's a positive development in working through this bear market. Excellent point, because what I didn't mention, I'm going to now, one year after that 75 basis point hike back in late 94, again, Orange County goes under, had the Mexican peso crisis, really need some bailouts to get out of those problems. S&P did gain 27%. So just something to be aware of. Um, I've got, let's see, Esther George was the only dissenter. Uh, expect said 50 basis points. Everyone else said 75 was fine. Jeff, it sure looks like 75 is baked in probably for the next two, which are, which um, next two meetings, it sounds like. Do you, do you expect that? At least the next, well, let's put it this way. At least July, it's baked in. Maybe then we're going to talk a little bit more, but it feels like this is pretty baked in. And I'll just add another layer to this. We came in the next day, right? So the Fed did its thing, market bounced a little bit. You can pick whatever reason you want. The next day, the Swiss bank for the first time, I believe it was 15 years, increased uh, their interest rates. Nobody saw that coming. That kind of had everybody looking around like, wow, if the Swiss is doing it, maybe this is going to be a race to hike rates. And that really kicked off some of the big selling that we saw late last week. So Jeff, I don't even know what I went with. What's your take on the Swiss bank? Maybe let's go that way, because that seemed like I caught everybody off guard. Sure. I mean, if they're doing it, there's nobody left who's not, right? Right. There's no doubt this is a coordinated global rate hiking campaign. We've already seen, I think, five out of the UK. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. certainly we're going to see more and more as we go forward. So um, inflation is a global problem, not just US problem. US is in better shape than most to fight it. You know, the economy was in pretty good shape coming into this. And uh, we certainly are not reliant on energy imports, at least not to a meaningful extent. Uh, so that puts us in a good place. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a global challenge. And you know, if you look at the international equity markets, say China's kind of diverged a little bit, but basically they're all going down together. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. What well, I have some notes here. Um, oh, BOJ. So the Bank of Japan, they're about the only one, right? They're they're still using yield curve control. They were expected last week, maybe crack the door open to maybe some some increasing uh, rates and this and that. It's not the case, right? The J Japanese yields have gone sideways. Everybody else's yields have gone straight up from the bottom left to the upper right. So it's a really, really unique situation. And, and again, we're going to get into it. But there is a lot of bad stuff that's priced in. And from a contrarian point of view, that might be a positive sign. So, Jeff, let's move forward. Good discussion there. We kind of hinted at it. It was Father's Day weekend. What did the Bookbinder household do uh, last weekend? You know, we, we didn't do a whole lot. We did go over to some friends uh, for um, kind of an outdoor um, 
gathering, which was really nice. Haven't done a ton of that up here because, you know, Boston weather certainly hasn't allowed too much uh, of that, but that was, uh, was certainly nice. And then, uh, you know, you won't be surprised by this, but I had some barbecue, <laughs> right? Seems like that's a common theme throughout this podcast. The guy from Kansas City talking about barbecue, no surprise there, but uh, actually got a Father's Day presents and barbecue shipped from Kansas City and really enjoyed that uh, over the weekend. How, how about you? What did you, uh, besides just going up to the, yeah. the woods? to the mountains what yeah, you if, you're, if you're looking on the youtube channel yeah if you look on the youtube channel you know what we did we came up to the mountains got a so i did my first airbnb ever again not a recommendation of the stock but really cool i mean because again there's walter Let's see him there there he is we brought him and my other old dog because in the past we go somewhere i spent two or three hundred bucks on a hotel then i got to pay a girl to stay at our house a couple hundred bucks I said, you know what i'm just going to try to get a house that takes dogs we found a house that takes dogs up in the mountain. It was really, really cool. Ate a ton of food. I took a nap the last two days in a row. <laughs> that's, a, that's all I wanted to do. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was pretty nice, uh, nice, nice three day weekend. And again, I'm heading to LA uh, later this afternoon, actually. So back on the, back on the saddle. Uh, but anyway, so Jeff, yeah, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I'm glad you got some barbecue. I did not get some barbecue, but I have a feeling I'll fix that sooner than later. Um, Jeff, so we're going to talk a little about the economy, and I've got some papers in front of me, and I hope I can find it. Actually, I think I might know it by memory. Uh, Larry Summers was in Barron's over the weekend. Um, you know, he's been one of the people that was saying he he was not team transitory, right? He was not. He said, listen, there's a lot of inflation, all the stimulus that's out there. I'm not team transitory. He explained why. You can read Barron's. But he, he said, you know, if you go back in history, when let me say this correctly, when inflation's over 4% and the unemployment rate's under 4%. Every time in history, within two years later, we've been in a recession. We obviously have that cocktail right now. Again, check out the article with uh, Mr. Summers. He's obviously been right, so maybe he's worth paying attention to. Uh, I don't know if you've heard type, had time to think about that, but just talk to me, Jeff, about the odds of a recession in two years. I think you know we're already two years into this expansion. That put us to four. I think you know that makes sense probably, but what Mr. Summers pointed out, maybe it could be a tad sooner. What are you thinking? Yeah, that, that's what makes this so odd right the environment we're in where you have such low unemployment yet huge inflation numbers right because yep. normally it takes strong growth to drive inflation so that tells you this is a supply side driven inflation problem but you know generally i, I mean i guess you could say we're we're aligned with with uh, mr summers in the sense that we've raised our recession forecast for 2023 to over 50% right mm -hmm. so yep. You know, you don't even have to look at the unemployment piece. If you just look at the inflation spikes historically, they're almost always, um, you, you know, accompanied by recession. In fact, the last few certainly have, you know, high oil prices didn't really have much to do with the recession in 2008, nine, but we actually had really high inflation and, you know, record high oil prices back then. So um, that's why this is such a concern. That's why so many people, uh, you know, including ourselves, think it's a it's a small needle, <laughs> small hole in that needle, the thread. Uh, but uh, again, because we're coming into this in such good shape, uh, there's certainly a chance that we can, um, you know, get that softish landing. Uh, and then because even though we're not on team transitory anymore, uh, there's certainly several pieces of the inflation problem that are temporary, right? And the supply right. chain stuff's going to get fixed. The COVID stuff's going to get fixed. And, um, you know, oil prices aren't going to stay high on Ukraine um, geopolitics forever. 
Exactly. You know, we did have the retail sales number for May came in a little on the disappointing side, down 0.3% versus expected up 0.1%. The Philly Fed came in, uh, first contraction since May of 2020. May housing starts, big, big miss in May housing starts are finally starting to see the higher higher mortgage rates probably impacting the housing market. Um, I'm sure I've got some more. Industrial production still positive, but a little bit weaker than expected. Then the LEI, when we've talked about before, leading economic indicators, that again came in a little bit weaker than expected. And um, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily pointing straight to a recession, Jeff, but like you said, a slow patch is clearly here. And let's be honest, we're going to talk about the stock market next. Stock market is pricing in a slowdown. You could argue maybe the stock market is pricing in a mild recession. That's where it's all about these expectations of we can avoid, you know, a massive recession or a, you know a serious recession. Maybe that could still be a positive because we're pricing in some pretty bad stuff here. Anything else on the economic front you want to talk about? Maybe let's talk about earnings. I mean, how are earnings still looking? I mean, we, I just pointed out a bunch of data that wasn't that great to be honest. How's the earnings uh, backdrop looking? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Still looks strong, um, high level. I mean, the overall S and P 500 earnings trajectory uh, it has been positive and remains positive. Uh, that's because the biggest names in the index with the most earnings are actually seeing estimates uh, inch higher. But if you look at breadth, right? You look at the percentage of companies reducing guidance versus raising guidance. Um, we're actually seeing it dip a little bit below the long term average. So there's a tiny bit of a crack showing up, but um, you know you would expect actually earnings to be down, estimates to be down more than they are already. Sure. In a mild recession, maybe 10, 15% down. We haven't even started falling yet. So uh, earnings have not priced in a recession, not even close. You could say that means there's some downside. We would probably agree. Our earnings forecasts are below consensus quite a bit actually at this point. That doesn't mean we won't see earnings growing, but we're just not gonna see the double digit types of earnings gains uh, that we've gotten used to. The consensus for Q2, which we're gonna end here in about nine days, uh, is um, between five and 6% year over year increase in S&P 500 earnings. So not, not terrible if we get it. Yeah, one other thing that's not terrible, not great, but not terrible, NFIB, small business survey, again, what the small businesses are saying, that number is held tough. That number came in at, I got it here, 93.1 from 93.2. So I'm getting at not a massive drop. We talked about the 11-year lows in consumer confidence from the Michigan Consumer Confidence Poll. A lot of different things. But again, small businesses, honestly, have had a pretty solid track record for how the economy is going to do. And again, are they worried? Absolutely. But are they pricing in a massive, massive recession? Session right now, at least this one particular cinema poll would say no, and that's one positive sign that's out there. Uh, Jeff, any? I think those are some of the comments I wanted to talk about. I guess the PPI is the other one. That came in kind of in line, and the core actually came in a little bit lower than expected. So that's inflation at the producer level versus the consumer level. So maybe we'll put a bullet point. That's a potential positive as well in a sea of negatives. Anything else on the economic front or the um, inflation front you want to talk about before we go forward? Yeah, another reason why uh, the markets may be pricing in recession is because we are seeing this Atlanta GDP yeah. forecast, right, for the Atlanta Fed. Mm -hmm. It's at zero. We had a negative quarter in Q1, although due to some temporary factors, but had a negative quarter in Q1, might get a negative quarter in Q2 possibly based on that. So we understand the recession fears, uh, although the NBER, National Bureau of Economic Research, determines recession, and they use a lot more than just GDP. Right. So don't count the recession over, but you can actually make a case we should be rooting for a recession. Get it out of the way. We've already, some people think we're already in it. Sure. 
let's make it the first half of 2022 and then be done. The best time to buy stocks is at the trough of a recession historically. So yeah. there's a, there's making some lemonade out of lemons. Uh, I know that, that that logic is tough to digest, but it's um it it's true. A mild recession or just no growth for a while as we work through the the imbalances in the economy uh, wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing. And as you said, Ryan, we we've, we've priced all that in generally anyway. No, I, I tend to agree. I think uh, that that very well could be could be the case. Uh, you know, you mentioned this one final comment. You mentioned credit spreads, high yield spreads, investment grade corporate spreads, investment grade corporate spreads. They've been trickling higher near some of the highest levels we've seen since the pandemic. Are they blowing out like a massive, massive credit crunch and slowdown and financial crisis is coming? No, they're they're not showing that at least yet. They're not showing that. But again. Maybe a, a significant slowdown or, or at least a, a slowdown, a mild recession could be starting to get priced in here uh, as we go forward. And the final thing on GDP, that's true. You know, the Atlanta Fed, uh, how, I always figure what it's called, the Atlanta Fed GDP now. Did I say that right or I mix it up? What's the order it goes I think in? It's GDP now. There used to be a now cast and a GDP yeah. now. And I think now it's just GDP now. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting them all mixed up, but you're right. That after, could be that week, after that week data last week, it is virtually flat in the second quarter. We talked before about how rare it is to have a negative first quarter GDP print. In the past, going back the last 20 years, when we've had negative first quarters, we've had pretty big bounce back, specifically in the second quarter. Not looking like that's going to be the case this time, but we're going to keep talking about it as we go forward. But clearly, uh, the concerns continue to increase that um, you know at least a mild recession potentially could be on the horizon. What else is on the horizon, Jeff? Summertime. You mentioned, let's let's talk about summertime. We made it. It is summertime. Um, it's here. You have any big, uh, let's see here. I mean, I'm on a little mini vacation right now, and I went to Myrtle Beach a few weeks ago, so I've already done two. Yeah, the bookbinders have any big uh, summer plans, vacation-wise? Yes, uh, you'll have to find somebody to sub in for me next week because uh, bookbinders will be at Cape Cod for a week. And uh, like you, we found a house that takes dogs. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we're following your lead there. Um, should should be a nice weather, at least based on early forecasts. So really looking forward to that. Then um, maybe August, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but uh, that's all we have planned for now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we we don't have any major plans other than these two beach trip and a mountain trip. I'm sure something else will pop up here or there. But um, mentioned dogs. I've talked about Thurman before. He's my 15 and a half year old uh, dog, and he's he's slowing down. But we brought him here, and he loved it up here in the mountains, nice and cool, running around. You know, he he actually he he gets up like at three in the morning, four in the morning because he has to go to the bathroom. So it's like having a baby all over again. He actually slept until like nine o'clock on Father's Day. I said that probably was the greatest gift anyone could give me to let us all kind of sleep in on Father's Day. So thank you to Thurman. He just keeps on ticking. All right, Jeff, final thing. What is needed to end the bear, have a fun, somewhat playful bear waving at us and on the YouTube channel, he has been waving at us. You know, we've talked a lot about these things and uh oh, I'm starting to move my camera. I'm getting a little too excited. My camera's moving. I think, you know what, it's getting windy. If you guys could see what I've got this camera sitting on, you would understand this is, uh, you know, anyway, if it gets windy and my camera moves, that's why it's not an earthquake up in the mountains. All right, Jeff, anyway, back to this. Um, the, what are you looking for? I mean, we, we've got a lot of ingredients there. We've talked, we, last week, guys, by the way, we hit enormous listens and views last week, like some of the most we've ever had on this podcast. We really broke down the bear market. Feel free and listen to that again, because a lot of what we said a week ago is still very, very relevant. But Jeff, what are you looking for, for a bottom to take place? Yeah, you know, I, it's all about inflation at this point. The problem is it's it's going to take time for the inflation outlook to improve. When you 
you could get a small step forward this week in terms of the uh, gas tax holiday. Um, we did see oil prices come down a little last week, but bouncing back uh, a little bit more this you know this week so far. So we'll see. It, it's just um, these supply chain issues and COVID related uh, disruptions are just going to take more time. So you know we'll, we'll we'll just have to be patient. We say it all the time that bottoming is a process. Um, so, um, yep. you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get those inflation numbers better. But the other thing, you know, for people who want to be more tactical, right, look for another sort of flush, right? You know, we saw it last mm -hmm. week a little bit. We saw it, you know, in, in May a little bit. Look for just a really bad down day where you get, you know, essentially no stocks going up. You start to see folks hedge against losses more, buying more put options. You see a sharp rise in the VIX. The implied volatility index in the uh, in, from the options market. So those are some of the things that you can watch to be really tactical. Uh, but frankly, um, you know, it's so hard to pick the day that just looking at this market, it looks like a you know a down twenty market, not down thirty. Uh, so you know, I think frankly, over the next six to twelve months, buyers today will end up doing quite well. Yeah, I think that's the key concept because nobody knows when the lows are going to be. I mean, it, obviously, you know, but at the same time some of the best people that have done historically well are 401k investors, right? Every couple of weeks, just continue to, to believe in the process and continue to add things when they're a little bit cheaper. And over time, you know, the economy is going to come back. Earnings are going to come back. Inflation is going to peak. We feel pretty confident in that. Maybe get some good news on the war, some good news on supply chain. All this bad stuff is priced in. There could be, uh, you know, fairly significant bounce. Just some things to think about here. Uh, according to sentiment trader, Jason Gepford, this is wild. The last, um, let's see here. Over the last seven days, five of them saw more than 90% of the S&P 500 stocks down. So you're talking like flushes, okay? Like five of the last seven days, big time selling. According to Jason's data, which goes back to 1928, that's never happened before, all right? S&P 500's down more than 5% two weeks in a row. Last week down 5.8%, one of the worst weeks we've seen since the pandemic. We are down over 5% the week before. That's the bad news. The good news is after consecutive 5% weekly drops on the S&P going back to World War II, a year later, higher six out of seven times, up almost 20% on average. Only 1987, the, with the 87 crash, were stocks not higher a year after consecutive 5% drops. This is from our friends at Bespoke. Um, in all likelihood, we're down like close to 20% this quarter. I know we're bouncing so far today. We'll see what happens. But when you're down 15% for a quarter, the next year has been higher eight out of eight times, up 26% on average. When you're down 20% for the quarter, which who knows, maybe we'll be there. Um, a year later, up 31% on average, higher seven out of seven times. Um, also, one more stat, if you look at the destruction we've seen on stocks and bonds, according to Bespoke's data, about $15 trillion, $15 trillion with a T uh, from stocks and bonds that have been lost you know, since uh, all this trouble started. That compares to approximately $9 trillion, which felt like a lot during a financial crisis. So more destruction now than even during a great financial crisis, mainly because bonds have done so poorly. Jeff, I just said a bunch, but my take is this. What we're seeing, what we're going through, one of these worst starts of year ever, if you believe that we're going to come back, if you believe that the economy is going to bounce back, earnings, all these things, six to 12 months from now, buying situations like this, I'm not saying blindly buy it, you may be a little more tactical, maybe you want to see a little more, oh, only 2% of the S&P 500 is above its 50-day moving average, less than 20% of the 50-day moving average. Uh, 
less than 20% is above its 200-day moving average. Those are things Scott Brown has talked about that are showing flush outs are here. What are we also seeing? Uh, the IPO index, uh, ARC, some of the high-flying uh, high stuff that's just been annihilated, uh, Chinese internet, all some of the junk, I guess I'll say, is all of a sudden starting to lead. Maybe that's another positive sign. They haven't broken down and made new lows versus lots of other things. So there are some, some light at the end of the tunnel, but at the end of the day, it's so much negativity. We're seeing such a washout. History would say, a year from now, we could be a good deal higher. Jeff, I went a long time there. <laughs> Hopefully it made sense what I said. Uh, Mountain Air just gets me so excited. I just start talking. Anything else you want to add to what I just added, what I just said there? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have more energy if I was where you are than, than my uh, home office where I've spent much of the last two and a half years. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I would say all of that tells me we're making progress through the bottoming process, right? Um, I mean, you could argue that we've had enough of a, of a flush to, to build a durable low right here yeah exactly. if you told me in a year that that friday was the absolute low of this bear market i wouldn't be that surprised um you know you can also look at if you look at historical bear markets and what happened to drive them down 30 right we're down about 23 and a half before mm -hmm. tuesday's gains in the morning it's some really bad stuff so we, we always joke about how well if you take out the bad stuff it's good but you know, this is not a 2008-9 financial crisis. We'd be very surprised if this resembled that in any way. Doesn't feel like the overinvestment of 2000 to 2002, the tech bubble bursting, where you just had massive, massive um, excesses to work through, right? This doesn't feel like right. that at all. This is one problem, inflation. It has several different sources, but if it's really one problem. The economy's on really solid ground heading into this inflation problem. Uh, we just got to fix that, right? We're going to need some help. We all know that. I mean, the Biden administration certainly can't do much. They're going to try, but they can't do much. Um, we'll need some help from overseas and from, uh, well, it's overseas supply chain and it's overseas geopol geopolitical disruptions, right? But we'll we'll get there. This is This looks a lot more like the mild bear markets historically than the financial crises or the tech crises. Um, if you don't have a 2008-9 and you don't have a 2000 to 2002, then the lows are really close, if not here already. Yeah, no, excellent points there, Jeff. Uh, we, you know, we're we're kind of near the end. Things are a little calmer this week in terms of at least news. I know earnings season is not here. What are you watching that could maybe move markets this week, Jeff? Yeah, it's a really quiet economic calendar. Maybe that's good. Maybe we'll move a little bit away from all of the recession talk. Uh, we know housing is weak. That's one of the things that's helping with inflation you know it's it's tough spot to be if you're you know trying to sell a house right now but um that certainly is deflationary what's going on in the housing market uh so um that'll get a little bit of attention but i think the the politics are probably more interesting this week the democrats are still trying to get a build back smaller through um so maybe we'll get some headlines there i mentioned the gas tax holiday that certainly could um help take a little bit of pressure off of consumers paying a lot at the pump. Thankfully, I've filled up for less than 100 bucks so far every time, but I'm getting close. Yep. <laughs> so let's hope for some uh, some relief there. And, um, you know, Biden's got this trip to Saudi Arabia potentially coming up. There's just a lot around energy prices. Uh, oh, and tariffs, by the way, might get, you know, some news on uh, the Biden administration relaxing Chinese tariffs. So just trying to bring inflation down any way they can. These aren't going to fix the problem, but they could make a little bit of uh, of difference in aggregate.
Absolutely. Great stuff there. So guys, thank you as always. Thanks to Neil, our producer, for helping us get this out there. Thanks to Walter, who's right behind me, for not barking like a fool. He was doing it a lot earlier. I was like, oh, boy, he's going to bark during this podcast. But he did good there. Thanks to everyone who keeps listening. Like I said, we've hit some enormous numbers, some of the highest we've ever had, right, um, as we've been doing this podcast for close to four years now. So, you know, hopefully if volatility comes. You're going to keep using us, and we really appreciate that. And even if Marcus starts bouncing, maybe you continue to listen to this podcast, but we're honored that people come to us when things get uh, – get quite scary and we'll continue to do it. So with all that, everyone have a great week. Have, again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hopefully you had a good weekend. I took naps on consecutive days and slept till nine on Father's Day. That was perfect. Couldn't ask for much more. So with all that, we'll see everyone, I guess next week with a mystery guest. I'll be there with a mystery guest who the, uh, who the other person is to fill some very big shoes uh, for Jeff while he works on his tan um, and wears his Speedo. Um, that's a joke. Don't wear a Speedo, Jeff, on the beach. And um, plenty of sunscreen up here. Maybe not speedo, that, sunscreen right. will be very uh, important. As it is. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.